We're about to start Summer League, and there's a lull in free agency. Everybody's waiting to see what KD is going to do. So let's take a look at what the rest of the East has done. Where do the Celtics stand right now after their free agent and offseason moves? Let's talk about it right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown's 18. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. I'm here for you Monday through Friday on a free daily podcast that exists wherever you get podcasts, however you want to listen. Do you listen on Spotify, Apple, Google, some other app? Search for Locked On Celtics. If you're new to the show, subscribe. You can also watch the show on YouTube. It's there. Subscribers have been pouring in since the offseason began. This is a big time for people to start getting like really interested again in the Celtics, which, I mean, they just went to the final, so you didn't have a lot of time off. But July really draws a lot of people in. People are just curious, what are the Celtics doing? So right now, obviously, we know that they've added Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. Those moves, not official yet, but they will be at some point soon. So... Other teams have made moves, but I think what's happened here is things have gotten a little quiet, and I think everybody's just kind of waiting on what's going to happen with Kevin Durant. What's the signaling here? What other teams are going to be able to get in on this Kevin Durant stuff? So I think before teams sign other players or, or continue with free agency, I think right now, we're in the middle of a quiet spot because, you know, I think there's a lot of talk about, well, the Celtics probably aren't going to do anything with their TPE, which is probably true, but I think there's a there, there's also a possibility that that's a smokescreen, uh, that they could just be sitting there saying like, hey, if one of these players from Brooklyn or Phoenix or some other team shakes free and it just happens to be a guy that oh look we need a 10 million dollar spot where can we put him where can we dump this guy the Celtics are like hey you we got a spot right here it's 17 we get 17 million so while I think the Celtics are probably not actively pursuing new trades with the trade exception I think Brad Stevens is just kind of calling around, calling Phoenix, calling Brooklyn, just saying, hey, you know, just so you know, we're we're still here. We still exist. And if there's a way for us to facilitate a deal, please, please call us. Because there could be a moment with one of these teams where they just, somebody needs to shed some salary. Now, it depends on where that is. Is it is it Phoenix or is it someplace else? People are really trying to push Toronto hard. People are trying to push Miami hard. Miami, I don't think, has anything that's going to make Brooklyn really kind of feel great. 
the Raptors have some pieces. Um, Phoenix has pieces, but you know, complicated with the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, would Toronto and Brooklyn want to trade with one another? I mean, I don't, I don't see if you can make your team better, both sides, then I think they'll, they'll deal with it. But while that is cooking, let's take a look at what some of the other teams did because where the Celtics stand right now is somewhere at the top of the, the East. They, they are somewhere at the top of the hierarchy, but where, where are they top number one? They're going to be number three. They're going to be where, where are they going to be? The Brooklyn, if, if KD goes to Toronto, that changes the calculus a little bit for sure. Uh, that would really change where things kind of shake out in the East. But for now, let's let's just for now just assume that KD is going out West and hope for the best that that's going to be what how this goes and that he's not staying in the East and just creates a problem with another team. I don't want to I don't want Toronto be to, to be the team that's like just constantly trading for these stars. I'm like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we we yeah, we we got uh Kawhi and won our championship and he left and now we're going to get KD and he won a championship and you know whatever. So I I don't I don't want Toronto to be that team. So we'll we'll so hopefully some team out west can swing a KD trade and we'll see. Uh but the rest of the East is is very interesting. Milwaukee is basically running things back. Let's just let's just go through. In fact, let's just go from the top of last year's uh, standings. Last year's number one seed, Miami. They haven't done much right now, which makes me just worry a little bit about the Miami Heat because they there's no reason for them to be this quiet in free agency. They've they are not a run it back. I don't think they're a real run it back team. I don't think that I think they need to and especially they lost PJ Tucker. They're they're all they did was bring back Dwayne Dedman, Victor Oladipo. They they're going to bring back some of the the their their kind of support pieces, but I I don't know that Miami running it back is is the exact strategy there. I think they they do kind of have to shake it up. I think they have to get a little younger. But maybe they think, hey, a healthy Kyle Lowry, which is a, a, a real risk. Um, I, I'm sure they want to try to upgrade there. But them being quiet right now, just kind of, I, I, that's, not, that's not the Miami style. To me, that's not the Miami style. So I'm just kind of putting a pin in the Miami Heat. Right now, they're going to try to run it back. I just don't know that they're going to have that same level of success and without some, some extra help. For Jimmy Butler, uh, I, I just don't know that they're going to be any better than what they were this past season, which was a yeah, yeah they they made it to the um, the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's pretty good. They can say, hey, look, we got to a Game Seven, we got to a Jimmy Butler jumper. They can they can easily say, hey, we were a jumper. If Jimmy Butler hits that shot, then Maybe it's Miami in the finals, so why not run it back? I just don't think their age, their team makeup, I don't think that running it back is exactly the right move. Maybe they will. Maybe they, maybe they disagree. I think they need to do stuff. And I think people in Miami 
believe they need to do stuff. So Miami might take like a little step back. Milwaukee is a little bit different because they have Giannis. They're running it back. They bring back Portis. They bring back um, Wesley Matthews. They bring in Joe Ingles. They get uh, they bring back Javon Carter. Ingles is under no pressure. It's a it's a decent move, a potentially no risk move for Milwaukee, but it could be one of those low risk, high reward moves because if Ingles is healthy, then you know they they certainly don't need him to do anything in the playoffs. I think I think Milwaukee can sit there and say, well, if Middleton was healthy, maybe we get past the Celtics. That went to seven games. They probably think, hey, if, if we get past the Celtics, we could get past Miami. Milwaukee is sitting there saying, hey, let's run it back. We're we're in a good spot. I think they're in a better spot than Miami because you've got Giannis. Um, but the question is, with their defense, is Lopez going to be durable? Um, how's that going to work Like overall? Are, if, are, are they going to have to adjust their defensive style? But I think Milwaukee probably just stays just about as good because Giannis makes everybody better. So... I think Milwaukee probably, I put Milwaukee above Miami at this point. Philadelphia. Philadelphia is super interesting. What, I mean, we're all writing off the, I think, I think a lot of people just write off Philly because they can't get past the second round. Um, Joel Embiid had a monster year, but then he broke down. Yeah, you now have James Harden, who is what's the best way to is he in decline? I don't know if he's in decline. He is well, okay, he is in decline, but how how much decline is really there? How much of this past season was just him saying, you know, I'm done with this, I'm done with this whole thing, we're gonna start fresh next year. At what level, how, what percentage is, is he of normal Harden? I think Philly's actually dangerous. You bring in P.J. Tucker to help with the front line. You bring in Daniel House Jr., who's an, a really interesting player and I think can really help them. You bring in DeAnthony Melton on a shrewd deal. That was a slick move. That helps out in your perimeter defense. Now you've got perimeter defenders with Melton, and Maxi I, I, and uh, and Thibel, you've got Maxi on the come up. You've got uh, you've added support pieces. You have Harden starting fresh, redoing his deal, um, opting out of his deal, not redoing, really opting out of his deal to then sign a new one with a lower starting number, probably being rewarded on the back end for it, but giving the Sixers a chance to sign these support pieces. Sixers are dangerous. Sixers are dangerous. I put I put Philly kind of up at the top, uh, you know, top two. I think Philly, Milwaukee, Boston is your top three in the East. I think obviously I like what Boston did. I think I think the number one seed in the East next year, right now, very early. It's July fifth. I'm saying. Right now, it's a mix of Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, with Miami dropping into that next tier, knowing full well that Miami could obviously make some moves, and at that point, they could shift and be move up, move down, whoever knows. But 
right now, that's the looking at what Philly did. I like what Philly did. Milwaukee, I just respect Milwaukee championships. You know the the championship there, and I think Boston, obviously being at the top, being the in the finals, adding two clutch pieces, key pieces to their bench, is addressing a major need for them. I like. I, I I elevate Boston, so that's my top three. Let's get to the next phase. I, I started with Miami there in the next in the next uh, tier. I think Toronto's in that next tier. Let's get to that when I come back. First, top tier video game, NBA Jam. It's back thanks to Arcade One Up, the leader in home retro arcade games. They've brought back the best game ever, NBA Jam. And they made it better than ever with a Shaq edition machine. I want, if there's one thing that I want to add to my background, it's that NBA Jam machine. I'm going to have a new studio. By the way, I have a new studio that I'm, I'm putting together. That will be ready in time for the beginning of next season. And I would love nothing more than to have the Shaq edition NBA Jam machine in the background. So when I'm done, I just go back there and I start playing and play my uh, NBA Jam. You know how it goes. You can jump clear across the court, set the ball on fire. It's one of the first games ever to feature digitized NBA licensed teams. There's no fouls. There's no free throws. And now there are no quarters required. Compete with your friends and family with all new Wi-Fi leaderboards. Makes you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from Arcade1Up. That's Arcade, the number one, up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade 1UP is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, many others, and they start at just $399. They're also giving away NBA Jam Shack Edition machines to locked on listeners. Make sure you enter for a chance to win a console for your very own at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack Edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. How about making Lockdown NBA your second listen every day? Lockdown NBA, rotating hosts every day of the week. I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. So make sure you are subscribed. Listen if you want my NBA take. Clearly, I'm doing a kind of NBA show today giving a quick look at the rest of the East. But NBA takes on Wednesdays for me, so subscribe to Locked on NBA wherever you get this podcast. And you can watch the show on YouTube as well. So as I said, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, in some order at the top of the East. Miami with Toronto. Toronto, I think, is going to... That 4-5-6 competition, that competition in the East to get above the play-in line, that's going to be a tough one. Toronto, certainly, certainly good enough. Um, They brought back Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young. They brought in Otto Porter Jr. They just lead the league in 6'7 guys with 7-plus foot wingspans. They are a difficult, tough team. Scotty Barnes is only going to get better. Fred Van Vliet is awesome. They have a really, really good team. They are going to be annoying as all hell. They are going to be in that mix. Toronto did well to add a little bit of help on the periphery. Um, I don't know how far they can go, but they 
they always seem to go like 40% further than you think that they're going to go. So I put Toronto in that mix, that fourth, that, that fourth seed competition is going to be super, super tough. Toronto in that mix with Miami for sure. Um, can New York get into that mix? I don't know. The candidates for the rest of the East, Chicago, Chicago is standing pat. They they brought in Goran Dragic. They they obviously re-signed Zach Levine. They made one of the dumber moves, I th- I think, in the Andre Drummond signing. First of all, just signing Andre Drummond is a dumb thing to do, I think, at this point. And they gave him $600,000 more than the minimum. So they had to dip into a an exception. I don't understand why they did that. It probably is meaningless, but to do anything that... More like what were you worried about with Andre Drummond? That you were gonna lose Andre Drummond? He sucks. I'm sorry, he's terrible. Um, no team in the NBA is getting better with Andre Drummond. It's just no, sorry, not happening. So Chicago, I think what they're hoping for is that everybody that was hurt last year can just be healthy and bank on the fact that you know, before Lonzo got hurt, you know, before everybody got hurt, they they were they were at the top of the East. They were one of the top teams in the East. So Chicago is kind of hoping they gave a bunch of money to Zach Levine. So they're hoping, like, look, come back. Let's do this again. Uh, we're going to tinker around the edges, but they're not going to spend a ton of money. They're not going to go crazy with the tax. They're they're just going to hope for the best with the guys that they had and say, hey, we were we were a top team last year before the injuries. We don't think those injuries are going to come back. So maybe Chicago can be in that mix. I still put Chicago right where they ended up. I st- at this point, I still have them in that lower fighting to be in the, you know, above the play-in. I don't think that they're going to be a play-in team, but they they run the risk of being a play-in team. So they're going to be in that mix. Can Atlanta get into that mix? That's a big question. Uh, can New York get into that mix? Here, I'll... I'll New York is is an interesting situation. You bring in Jalen Brunson. You obviously make a bunch of moves there. Uh, bring in uh, Hartenstein from uh, the Clippers. Good move. You bring back Mitchell Robinson in a long term deal. All right. I think I think that they're still a middle of the pack team, but Brunson is twenty five. He's he is a good player. He's a good player. Um, that fit with R.J. Barrett and um, Julius Randle is is going to be an interesting one. I kind of like positionally where it goes with with uh, Brunson at the point and and Barrett on the wing and and Randle more kind of like operating in the middle, but still obviously able to step out. Question is, can they get the ball movement that's necessary, and can those guys? function without the ball and move without the ball and not just isolate all the time. New York is an interesting, they're just one of those interesting teams along with Atlanta. They added DeJounte Murray. Obviously the Celtics benefited from that getting um, Danilo Gallinari after he's, after he clears waivers from the Spurs, which should happen this week. Um, Get Aaron holiday. They traded Kevin Herter, get Justin holiday, Mo Harkless. Uh, So, Adding, adding decent players, trying to get away from the complete defensive disaster that they were. 
But the still some questions. What are they going to do with John Collins? What are they doing with Clint Compello? What, what's the real direction that they're going to go? Murray makes them good, makes them better. Um, Trey Young, obviously, is an all-NBA level player, but still terrible on defense. He needs to make a, a bigger commitment to, to the defense for Atlanta to really, truly be in that 4-5-6 kind of conversation so i'm i'm putting kind of like a uh an asterisk next to the atlanta hawks kind of like let me see i want to see what they are because i don't think that they're quite there yet and it's just so many new new players i don't think that mix is quite ready yet so i feel better about miami in that four five i feel better about toronto in that four five Chicago 5-6 in that range in like Atlanta and New York as question marks in that six. One of those teams is going to be in the play-in. A couple of those teams are going to be in the play-in. Um, New York, I, I, that could be great or they could just completely suck. They, they could be the darlings of the East or... Thibodeau is going to get fired by Christmas. Like I, it's one of those two extremes. They're not going to be in the middle. It's either going to work or it won't. So uh, they went through great lengths to get Brunson on that team. Uh, Hartenstein is a good, good addition there. Uh, like I said, with Atlanta, it, that's just, it's too, too many new players. They, they have a lot to figure out. I think they might struggle early and try to come on late, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, new in Atlanta. There's a lot new in Atlanta. And it makes me wonder um, if they're going to be able to mesh in time. You look at the top in the Eastern competition, Boston is is certainly now much more solidified. You've got their Ime coming back. They've had a year under him. Things feel a little bit more solid with Boston. You're only adding two players off the bench. Milwaukee running it back. Philly adding players. Um, certainly a little bit more of volatility there, but the quality of players that they have there and their core is still intact. And Harden, Harden's really the key there. Doc Rivers, certainly a key there. Um, how he handles all of that is going to be part of the equation. But those teams are still much, much, much more solid. That's why I like putting them up there. Miami is right there on the edge. I just think I think Lowry is is on the way out, and so I put them just a tick below right now, and then Toronto is I just respect Toronto, even though they're annoying as all hell. So I can't I can't elevate Atlanta and New York past that level. What about the Charlotte Hornets? I'll talk about them in a moment. First, let's talk about Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's great. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor that you love is now a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness Stop drooling, like Maxwell said, Cedric Maxwell. Somebody get me a napkin. 
These are good for you, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, it's all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, provides tons of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And the best part about built puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein. Deliciousness delicious coconut rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallow stop fantasizing go to built.com right now to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now go to built.com use that promo code locked 15 i keep telling you about it every time get 15 percent your order every time you use it use promo code locked 15 at built.com this last tier of the east is uh gonna be really interesting starting with the charlotte hornets uh, when it comes to the Charlotte Hornets, the first thing you got to talk about is the Miles Bridges situation, arrested for felony domestic assault. Uh, his, his wife posted something on Instagram that is very damning. And, um, if this is true, if this is what he did, then he should be out of the league. And that's that there's just no further discussion for that. When you do something like that, you're out. So that's a situation that, uh, changes uh, obviously the most serious thing is on the court. There's no room for that at all, uh, in life. So he should be, uh, prosecuted and given his day in court. And if he's convicted, go to jail where you belong. That's the end of the story with miles bridges. Um, if the allegations are credible, um, he should be suspended until this is, um, until this is settled. So that's that with miles bridges. Now, basketball-wise, because this is a business of basketball and that moves forward, um, that is obviously a big loss. They'll have to deal with that. So the the Hornets, I think, would be um, would be, I think, in a better position. But hey, so they got Steve Clifford back. Um, not much else going on right now. They were kind of figuring out how to do, you know, with the basketball. Uh, you know, trying to figure out the Bridges situation just on the court. Um, now that that's all going on, that that kind of throws the on-court stuff into a bit of flux. I, I just think with the new coach and who knows what going on there, there, there's too much going on there. But obviously, LaMelo Ball is really good. If Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, um, they, they, you know, they address certain needs in the draft they're going to need another year or two to kind of come out the other side of some of these moves. They have to figure out what to do with Terry Rozier. They have to figure out what to do with Gordon Hayward. I don't think those guys are going to stick around very long. LaMelo Ball is the future of their team, and they've got to figure out how to build the right team around him. This is not the right team. They're fun. They're a great offensive team, but they are not going to be very good. So I, don't, I can't elevate them into – that next tier. They are at best, I think, a play-in team. Washington Wizards, you bring back Bradley Beal. Yeah, um, DeLon Wright's in. KCP and Ish Smith went out. You bring back Monty Morris and Will Barton. They're tinkering, uh, trying to figure out the right mix around Bradley Beal. 
this is this is a, a very serious season for the Washington Wizards because with with Beal wrapped up, like obviously he wants to stick around, but he's got his money. And we've seen now with Kevin Durant, okay, once you get your money, that's no guarantee that you're sticking around. So the Wizards have to prove to Beal that they're going to be good. What that pressure does to the Wizards, I don't know. Uh, I don't see the Wizards right now being a threat to be anything above the play-in. But if Beal stays healthy and some of these moves kind of work out, um, you've got Kristaps Porzingis on the team. If that works, then you now you have the potential to to compete for a sixth seed. I can't put them. I still put the Wizards in that tier below. So Charlotte, no, they're in the play-in. Washington, eh, they're in the play-in. Um, Cleveland. Cleveland's an interesting team because obviously uh, Darius Garland is a a stud and they just locked him up. So can the the Cavaliers get back to being that, you know, remember last year they were in that middle tier and then things start to fall out. They got to figure out what to do with Sexton. They got it. Karis LeVert has to get back to, some level of being the old Karis LeVert. Does he have that in him? Evan Mobley is is a star. Jared Allen, all-star last year. That two-big lineup is, um, you know, between those two and Darius Garland, you've got a lot there. Um, they've got some good role players. They they have, um, they, they, they have the potential if they can take another step and stay healthy uh, between Mobley and Garland alone, they can really be serious contenders moving forward. This upcoming season, can they challenge for that 5-6? I mean, I'm not going to rule out them being surprising. I think they have, they have certain, they certainly have potential. They were, what, 44 and 38 last year. So the Cavs, they bring back Ricky Rubio, who really helped them out. He was really important to them. And he was he he tore his ACL. If he can come back midseason and just kind of help guide them a little bit again, look, that that front court, it's impossible to score on them at the rim. They can be a great defensive team. They really can. So that alone puts them in that mix. I think I think Cleveland has the potential to rise to the top of that next pack. Um, Indiana's at the bottom; they're rebuilding. Orlando's at the bottom; they're rebuilding. Detroit is super interesting. They're going to be fun, but they're still a year or two away from making any real noise. But they've got some real great young talent. They can be good. I think two years from now, we're talking about Detroit potentially in that 4-5 mix, you know, or better. 
Uh, Cunningham is a star. Like they have, they have real potential for some star players over there. So it's going to take some time. I think next year or the year after they could be one of those scrappy fun teams. And then we'll see if they can avoid that scrappy fun team uh, hangover where guys start to get their money and feel like, you know, then, then they get a little selfish, but Detroit's at the top of the rebuilding tier. So that final tier, that play in tier is Washington. It's New York, Charlotte, um, Atlanta, maybe, and then Cleveland. So those are potential like first round playoff opponents for the Celtics. Cause I think the Celtics, like I said, could be one, two, three. So if we're looking very early on into next year's first round of the playoffs, these are the types of teams first round matchup against Washington or New York or Charlotte or Cleveland or Atlanta. Not out of the question. I mean, they could be there. A couple of these teams are going to be disappointed. It's going to be really interesting to see. So that's my look at the league after a couple of days after the first basically week of free agency. Um, who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, a lot. Obviously, a lot still to go. And things can change. But I, I think the Celtics, after all of this, are solid, solidly a top three team and will be in contention for the top seed next season. I just I, I don't think that's, that's a, something you can argue. Um, it's just where everything else shakes out. So that's kind of how I see things. And we'll see where things go from here, who makes what moves, who makes what trades. In the meantime, Summer League's about to begin. Celtics are holding a summer league practice on Tuesday, so I will be there. I will talk to some of the summer Celtics and summer head coach Ben Sullivan, who maybe he's the guy who replaces Will Hardy at the as the number one assistant. But I'll have I'll have more summer league stuff tomorrow. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Also subscribe on YouTube. You can watch the show, stream it in the back. Uh, you know, in a background tab, cast it to your TV and watch it while you're running, you know, doing the stuff around the house, like cleaning or whatever, cooking. So that's one way to listen to the show, watch the show, however you want to do it. Subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up. Really helps me out. Comments, any, any kind of comments, just say hi. Feed the algorithm for me. That really is helpful. And obviously sharing is helpful as well. Tell your friends, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.